Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be in with you on a Monday. It's Hale Bar City Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Hope you're doing all right. Big recruiting weekend and a win for Nebraska. Hope you're doing all right. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Like Thank like you one. so much. A we'll uh, be here for another hour and 54 minutes. Tip your waiters. Try the veal. No, uh, in all sincerity, we'll dive in, get some recruiting insight from Greg Smith, com, and magazine at Greg Smith HVs, where you follow him. So how did the visits go? What was the decider for when the why factor? And uh, is Nebraska in hot pursuit of uh, another talent, another uh, weapon here for Casey Thompson? Uh, we will let you know on Marcus Moochie Washington, when and if he puts anything out, uh, was in to check out Nebraska. I know Purdue's been trying to get his services as well. Uh, pretty big time talent at wideout that could uh, be a nice connection downfield for the Big Red offense. So we'll dive into all of that. Some thoughts on the weekend shortly. Good stuff with the extended playoff with the PGA Championship down at Southern Hills. Jay Moore going to be with us in a little more than an hour. Get his golf take, get his football take. And as always on a Monday, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. can email the show, Chris, at HaleVarsity.com. And, Give us a follow. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that's me, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, do yourself a favor, follow Hale Varsity at Hale Varsity, ESPN Lincoln at ESPN Lincoln. Before we're done this hour and next, your chance to qualify to beef up your backyard. Get in the running for that grill. Check that. Smoker, smoker, slap me. It's a smoker, the Smoky Mountain Cooker Smoker. From Capital Patio and the Flame Shop, a gift card to Russ's Market. All sorts of meat to put on that smoker. Your chance to qualify can log on ESPNLincoln.com to get qualified. So, Stefan Wynn and the hype video put out by Wynn and Nebraska pretty much broke the the, the internet, broke Twitter. This thing's working on 200,000 views, which is just incredible. And you had the announcement come down later yesterday. And listen, this is pretty big time for Nebraska. You can't sugarcoat talent. You can't sugarcoat 
coat body type, and it's 64308. That's a big dude that can play on the interior and and stuff the run and make things happen when it comes to getting after the quarterback. Now that's the that's the the projection that is supposed to happen. That is supposed to happen with Mathis. That is supposed to happen uh, with Nebraska and what they want to do uh, with with Devin Drew. Right? I mean, you you have you've lost and you've gained. Time will tell, and we'll never know. It's a hypothetical because you have three guys that have moved on to different programs, a couple to Oregon, one to Virginia Tech, and you brought in a kid from Bama, a kid from Tech, a kid from TCU. How does it all translate? But you feel pretty good, and I think if you're a Nebraska fan and you're picking what what D-line do you want, I mean, Casey Rogers was the known quantity, and that was just some snippets, but they were good snippets. What do we know about Stephon Wynn? Well, we know Wynn... About 70 snaps, a few plays here and there, right? A couple of hurries, a couple of pass deflections, seven tackles, something like that. We don't know the why. Why is Stephon Wynn leaving Alabama? And I'm going to project, I'm going to speculate. Follow me for a moment. Feldarius Mathis, Christian Barmore, Raquan Davis, Quinnen Williams, Isaiah Bugs, Darian Payne, Deshaun Han, Josh Frazier, Davlin Tomlinson, Ashawn Robinson, Jaron Reed. So you have 11, 11 interior tackles, you know, three techniques or nose guards that have gone to the NFL draft since 2016. You have 2017, part of the recruiting class. Win was part of. He's ranked higher than Sue as a defensive lineman on rivals, if you go back to it, by a number, fifth in the country versus sixth in the country. Uh, all that is great, but it needs to translate. It needs to perform on the field. What I'm excited about, if you're a Nebraska fan, is you're getting a guy that was good enough to, to play at Bama. Well, good enough to go to Bama. And good enough to be part of a rotation. Now, that rotation we just cranked out for you, it sounds a lot like the the, the 90s Nebraska rotation where it's NFL guy on top of NFL guy on top of NFL guy. To me, I look at this, there's a window. He's got two years. Let's go play some ball in the Big Ten against some really good other talented offensive linemen like he's seen in the SEC I think there's just too many NFL guys in that Bama locker room at his position. And if you were going to break through and see meaningful snaps, because we've, we've done our research, we haven't seen injury, we haven't seen attitude issues, we haven't seen any of that. It just comes down to someone's better than you and you're not getting your snaps. Is that the case in Lincoln? Well, you know, Robinson is a guy that has started for one year and played a lot of snaps, but there is playing time. There's plenty open right now. Nebraska needed him. He needed a spot like Nebraska. And let's see if both of them can uh, can work out together, along with Drew, along with Mathis, along with Robinson, along with some of these young pups like a Marquise Black, Roquan Buckley, Colton Feast, the polar bear, Mosai Newsom, and Jalen Weaver. Let's and, and the other part of this before we get to the phones, 
Elijah. You got a guy that's been around multiple national championships, SEC championship, big game wins. Never hurts to bring a guy who's been in that Bama process slash culture to Lincoln. Yeah, and the way I see with the names you just listed off, this is not a guy who you're hoping to, to stash. This is not a let's let him develop a couple years. No. You, no. You, you bring him here, and this is a guy that, stash? that it, it's going to be between, I'd say, three guys. Yeah. Jalen Weaver, Nash Hutmacher, uh, and Stefan Wynn to be the two most likely two guys that get the, the, the majority of the snaps at nose guard. You now have three guys battling for two spots as opposed to two guys battling for two spots. You, you bring in more I get two young guys that get more time, brother, as as supplement guys with Win getting the majority of the snaps. And that's the way you would hope it would go, but I guess uh, you don't exactly know what you have you until he's it. on the field. You right. don't ink it. You, you probably pencil it in. Uh, the way I look at it now, it's probably Win number one, Hutmacher number two. But if Hutmacher has a big fall, it could be Hutmacher one and, and Win number two. But th- that that's all to be determined but i see this the same way i see a devin drew or no mathis transfer where this is a guy who has come in here and, and he's going to get reps early he's going to be on the field early this is not a guy that um i guess you could look at kane williams kane williams is a guy who could see the field this year could not might need some development time same with like tommy hill not one of those transfers this is the guy who's going to come step in and I, I think the coaching staff brought him here to play right away gotta do it and you're so thin at the interior numbers that you either go young and trial by fire, baptism by fire, and and maybe by the midpoint of the year, if you're healthy, it starts to click for you, or you get run over and you're needing to score 45 points a game to win football games, or you can't stop anybody, get off the field on third down, and it's eight-minute drives galore against Wisconsin, Iowa, and uh, Minnesota. With us on the horn is Paul. Paul, thanks for your patience. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, do you know what we learned from uh, him being uh, ranked ahead of Sue? Is that nothing. he was ranked in front of Sue. That's about it, right? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, other than maybe that Sue was grossly underrated. Well, I'll say this. Uh, with Sue, and, and, and Sue was playing early for Coach Blake, but Sue didn't become Sue until the Polinis got here. For sure. But he also needed probably the development to get to that junior and senior year. Right. It just doesn't happen overnight, man. All these great defensive linemen, for the most part, right? You see them by their redshirt sophomore year, year three in the programs when they pop. It's not a yeah. day one deal. Absolutely. Positively can't agree with you more. I remember, I'm old enough to remember the days when you didn't touch the field till you were a junior at Nebraska. Right. And you had three years to go get it handled. Yeah. Paul, good stuff. No, I, I'm, I'm all for it with the, the patience and perspective of, of rankings because sometimes they're on and a lot of times they're not. So totally get you. Thanks for the phone call. Well, you should also add here that Ndamukong Sue was not a youth football player. He was a youth football player. He was a, uh, he was a soccer kid. So you're going to go with the uh, new-to-the-game take? Well, I mean, he played high school football, but yeah, he was new to the game. Especially Sue when, probably killed people in Portland But you also playing, look at, playing you, high school football. You look at a guy football. like Stephon Wynn going off to IMG Academy. I'm not sure if you, like, the reputation of IMG Academy is these guys who are guys who were dominating and were known in the, the middle school scene. They get into high school, and they're getting recruited to come to a high school Well, your best friends went to IMG. Yeah, Brock Bando. Yeah, uh, Brock went down to IMG, and he was just bigger than everyone else. <laughs> no, my 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 point by bringing that up with with I mean you go to cut your teeth against the other greats. Yeah, and it's it's because they not, not that you're not 
you're playing who you play in high school, you can like do the, you can do an AFC East type schedule in IMG because they're they're playing Gorman out of Vegas. They're playing somebody out of Florida. I mean, they're 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 based in Florida. But my point is, is they're playing like the who's who of high schools. Yeah, that's it, their schedule, and it's because it's the guys that have been shown early in their lives to be guys who are going to be high level. And that's the type of guy you're getting in Stefan Wynn. Is this is a guy who, since late middle school years, early high school years, has probably known he was going to go be a Division One football player, and has a good shot at, at playing Sunday, and, and has been working with the type of people that can help you get there, that know what it takes to get there. So it's uh, it's one of those guys that, from what I've seen at Bama, it, it, you almost go with the athleticism he has, like he, he shows it in tape, and it's against teams like Mercer. But Mm -hmm. you're seeing that athleticism where he's getting off blocks and he's getting down the line, and you go, man, if this guy can just put it all together, he could be really, really dominant. He just needs game time, and Mm -hmm. and he's not – that's what they are. That's where their program is, where the fifth-best defensive lineman in the country, borderline five-star for sure, four-star, hasn't seen the field at all in in four years because they just keep recruiting, 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 and developing. Uh, high-level talent. So where is Nebraska at on the rest of the recruiting trail? Jaden uh, Green was in. Uh, make that Caden. Jaden Doss, the wide receiver. Dylan Edwards, the uh, the Bill Bush trio. And what's your take here when it comes to the receiver spot? Marcus Washington. So you had Tyler Coleman put out a tweet that is declaring Marcus Washington in for Nebraska. That was a Twitter post by Coleman. Coleman's a scout analyst for Elite Team Sports. I don't know if that's a recruiting service, if it's kind of a training center. I, I don't know. It's not a Rivals 24-7, Hale Varsity uh, on three Announcement. I don't believe an official announcement's come yet from 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 uh, Marcus Washington. And I don't know enough about this guy to say, yeah, he's on the money. He knows what he's talking about. He he could honestly he could, just, he could have inside track and just be kind of a periphery guy that's putting it out there. But he could also just be a, a guy who saw one crystal ball prediction on twenty four seven and said, "I'm going to be ahead of this one. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to try to get my name out there." Got a fifty percent chance. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, Nebraska's chances for a really good uh, prospect in Caden Green look a little bit brighter, A, because of Bill Bush getting him to campus three times, but B, sounds like things went well. We'll hear more from Greg Smith shortly, but really a good connection with Coach Riola. Uh, it sounds – and listen, uh, the, the, the worry and concern on Riola was the dude's not done a lot in college. I know he was at Notre Dame. I know he played at Wisconsin, but he's been in the NFL forever. I think he – I mean, just sitting with him and talking to him, he's a man of few words. He's pretty direct, and he's no nonsense, no BS. So you're getting the personality you're going to play for. Sometimes it's, uh, shall we say, an act. It's a fairy tale during the recruiting trip, as old Steve Warren used to say, and then here comes the reality slash nightmare once they get you here, right? <laughs> There's a difference. So Nebraska part of his top five, four more officials happening for Green in this month and into June. Nebraska is going to have to fight like hell against Oklahoma. 
against LSU, against Michigan, against Missouri. And he's a uh, Kansas City kid. Now, Miami and Coach Cristobal booted out in favor of LSU. So LSU is down there, and, and I know Coach Kelly, whatever you think of him, has had really good offensive lines while at Notre Dame. And uh, that's, that's, that's where he uh, builds his offenses around, the offensive line. Missouri, give them credit. LSU's been no stranger either with uh, talent down there. And OU's done really well with some of their offensive linemen they've put in the league. But a great first impression and kind of affirmed impression by Riola with Caden Green. We'll hear from Greg Smith, get his take on the rest of the weekend. Thoughts on Stefan Wynn. It's Hale Varsity on a Monday. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! The man knows how to make an entrance. It's Greg Smith, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine Recruiting Insider. And you can find him on Twitter at GregSmithHV. Find us well, streaming live here, ESPN Lincoln Facebook, ESPN Lincoln Twitter, and Greg Smith in the plush recruiting office is all set to talk. Greg, what do you know, man? How you doing? Oh, I, I am very well. The, you know, this is always a nice part to end the day, right? Like, this is the oh, last seeing thing us? I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the last thing I do for the day, and then after this, man, I, well, I would say I get on the grill, but I don't have anything ready. It's uh, Joe Mama's birthday. It's my mom's birthday today. Okay. She's going the other way, so she's 68 today. She was 69 yesterday, so we're uh, we're 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 going the other way. But we're gonna we're going to Billy's tonight for a special okay. birthday. So uh, no grill for me, but a steak is in my future, my man. <laughs> yeah, I, over the weekend I had a, my my wife's birthday is coming up, uh-huh. uh, so we went celebrated early over the weekend. So uh, so I did have some some good eats and drinks over the weekend. Greg, just briefly here, uh, just a reminder anyone listening on the air, we're streaming this live ESPN Lincoln's Facebook and Twitter. And you got to tell me what your lighting setup is in there. That lighting yacht just looks you have beautiful. one of those circular deals going on? I do. Oh. It's, it's right up there. You can't see it. It's right over there in yeah. the corner. Uh, 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 appropriate uh, Hollywood lighting. Yeah, we, we got a little pro lighting setup going on in here. There we go. Um, so we're talking meat and steak because we, we always do. How many old 96ers could, could Stefan win put down? Uh, quite a few, it looks like. Um, and that's okay because you need guys that can put some, some stake away uh, to be in the middle of your defensive line in the Big Ten, right? I think that's a, a really nice pickup 
uh, for Nebraska this weekend. Um, you felt you felt pretty good. It was starting to go that way. Um, it really came down to Nebraska and Georgia Tech for Stefan Wynn. Uh, but I think that he'll be a really nice rotational piece at, at least uh, for Nebraska moving forward this season. What was the decider? I mean, it felt like to you know your sources and you when we talk a couple of times a week, it's yeah, win in Georgia Tech, man, that's going to be tough. He's a South Carolina kid, but what flipped it and and who do you think had his ear most from Nebraska? Aside from the obvious, look, there's there's time to play here. There's there's an interior spot to be won. Yeah, I think one of the things here is that you you were able to with a guy. He's from South Carolina, right? And so you know you have Sean Becton uh, who gets involved in that recruiting because recruitment because basically everyone from the South gets to talk to Sean Becton at some point uh, because he does so well with guys from down there. Then you're right. Part of part of this is the opportunity um, to come to Nebraska and be a piece on that defensive line. Um, but also, I think Nebraska has some momentum and excitement around what's going on with them right now, and it, and it's one of those things that. Man, it's tough because I know people, you know, joke about winning the offseason and all of that. But you can't deny that Nebraska has done a good job this offseason. Like, if you wanted to see layout before this all started, how Nebraska put themselves in position to be able to try and make some noise this year, uh, the things that have happened this offseason with all of the additions is the way. Um, and so I think that it's a little bit easier to get a guy excited about coming in at Nebraska right now than maybe, say, Georgia Tech, who also has a coach approaching the hot seat. Mm-hmm. But I think that given the different additions Nebraska has had, I think that that ends up winning out. Let's talk use for a moment with Stefan Wynn, Greg, and at 6'4", 308, ranking out of high school, out of IMG, was a – was a defensive end, but he's played on the interior. Uh, Bama's put 11 guys into the NFL just on the interior alone since 2016, and that's second, third, first, sixth, seventh. I mean, it runs the gamut, right? It's not all first and second rounders. So is is he uh, a three-down guy? Do you When you've watched Wynn's film, do you like what he can do when it comes to getting after the quarterback, or is he more of a plugger? Or does he do both? I mean, where where's his fit next to Robinson potentially? Yeah, I think that he can do a little bit of both. He's a little more nimble uh, than you think for for a guy that size. But I do think that when you look at him, you really think of someone that can help uh, provide so to help fortify that run defense mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, and I think that that's what Nebraska really needs. I mean, you got, I think, um, with the other defensive tackle that they picked up, Devin Drew, um, a guy that can really get after the quarterback a little bit more. But then having Stefan Wynn allows you to still stay flexible up front, too, right? Is that if, if you're in a situation where he needs to play some nose, I think you can do that with him. And I think you can also do some stuff where you still put him in as that second or that other defensive tackle and more of that 4 3 as it looks like they're going to play a little bit more of that I think that uh, a solid he ends up giving them a really nice piece that can be now part of a bigger rotation um, as you start to the more you can expand that group of guys up front the better off they're going to be especially given where they were at the end of spring Greg whenever I just look at this defense as a whole right now I just think of the versatility when you look at the fact that you have a defensive lineman in, in Devin Drew that can come in on third downs, but you also have a, a run stuffer and, and when you've brought in the secondary, you have such a, a wealth of riches there that you could bring in five defensive backs on a, on a third down, maybe take out Isaac Gifford. It just feels like this defense has the opportunity to be extremely multiple in 2022. 
Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. Now, on one hand, though, I think that can be really, really good and that you can match up with the variations of offenses that you're going to see in the conference. The only thing that that worries me a little bit about that is that when you are that multiple and don't have the experience, Mm -hmm. does that end up having guys swimming in it, as they say, right? Mm -hmm. If you end up in that type of a situation, I think the defensive coaches are very good. They have the ability to really drill things down and get guys specific Mm -hmm. packages that they can really work on. Um, But I, I worry about that a little bit. But you're right. I think that they have the ability to be really multiple. It can be, I think, as, as time goes on, this, if the offense can start off hot and help the defense along at the beginning of the season, I think the defense can be pretty dang good uh, by the time you get to conference play, like the meat of conference play they start with with the conference game. Greg Smith is with us, uh, recruiting insider, HailVarsity.com and magazine at Greg Smith HV on Twitter. Greg, uh, big weekend visitor list, uh, Caden Green, Jaden Doss, Dylan Edwards do it all back out of uh, Kansas as well. We've highlighted Bill Bush's impact uh, in that Kansas City and Kansas region. How did things go with Green uh, and and Riola? I mean, what what are you hearing about the visit for Green? Big time offensive tackle. Nebraska's going to have to fight to get, and then the rest of the weekend a good good lineup for Nebraska this past weekend. This was a really good, and it almost feels, I feel bad saying it this way, but you'll get it. It it was a really good appetizer for what's going to come later. And it's hard to call that group of guys an appetizer, but when we get into June, I think that first weekend of June is going to have double-digit visitors easily. Uh, But this weekend was very good. It highlighted, like I said, by Caden Green. Um, From what I'm hearing right now, that visit went really well. I think Nebraska has done a really nice job both times that they've had him on campus. And remember, um, back when they had him on campus during the spring, Nebraska had some ground to make up I wasn't sure kind of where they were in that process and then boom they, he does the visit and he's in they're safely in his top five right I mean he was going to get an official visit I think they had a similar impact on this past visit this weekend from what I'm hearing um, I know he really liked his time with coach Donovan Rayola and that has been consistent though with offensive linemen and I've talked to th- this cycle and in the 24 cycle that I spent time with him they really like the way that he kind of approaches recruiting and going about his business and getting on the whiteboard with him I think Nebraska set a really nice bar when it comes to Caden Green's uh, official visit group. Yeah, and Greg, we've heard that a couple times now about Riola wanting to, to when he gets a recruit in here, to, to go to the whiteboard and, and watch the film and, and see what kind of impact this guy would make. And when you look at all the things Nebraska has going for it with the NIL and with the, this new facility that's being built right next to the stadium, are, are you surprised that the selling points is still what you can do on the field for us as opposed to all, all these great things Nebraska has off the field? Or is it kind of a combination? What, what are you hearing from the recruits? I think it's a combination, and I think that's encouraging, right? I think that that's the best thing. I think that at some point you want to not have it slanted so much towards, oh, I can come in and play early, but you also don't want to have it heavily slanted towards, oh, well, I think they can put together an NIL package, and you don't want it all in on, oh, the facility is going to be really awesome, right? You do want it to be a little bit of a mix of all of that um, because at the end of the day, you do need to be able to win football games, and you need to be able to help like um, develop these guys to help get them to the next level. I think that one of the things that, especially with Rayola, even though we have not seen him coach here at Nebraska in a game, something that those offensive line recruits talked about is his ability to develop and get them to kind of understand the concepts that th- that he's trying to convey to them just on these recruiting visits. And that I find really interesting and in, in what it means going forward for his recruiting and for what we see out of the development of the players that are already on the team. Greg, the the pro style that Raiola wants to run with what Nebraska's offense will look like under him and Whipple, 
I mean, that, that connects because the guys they're bringing in, they want to play on Sundays. And and granted, you know, eat what's on your plate first with picking a college and then doing well. But it seems like some of the personality matches are there. No bells and whistles. Let's get down to the meat and potatoes. And here's how you can fit. And here's how we think you can thrive in Lincoln. So good impression to your point about Riola early with some of these big time linemen. Still wide out, uh, Jaden uh, Jaden Doss. I thought on him. Uh, Greg, a couple of minutes here. We may need to hold you over, Dylan Edwards, as well. And then I want to take on Marsh- Marcus Washington. But uh, of these other three names I laid out here, where's Nebraska at in that race uh, with the two high school kids, Dawson and Edwards? Let's start there. Yeah, I think in both cases, I think Nebraska's in a pretty good position. I really like their spot with Doss. I think that's a guy that, that Bill Bush had recruited hard, and I think that they have a really good plan for him. Um, and he's a kid that I really like. Um, I think that it's hard to call a kid underrated that's got double-digit offers, but I do think that he's a little bit underrated. Jaden Doss is about 6'1", 200, um, former running back, and you can kind of tell that when you pop the film on, uh, by the way, that he, he seeks contact, I'll say, mm. uh, when he catches the football, which is something that I think that Husker fans will kind of perk up at um, and Dylan Edwards is a kid that we were kind of unsure about where Nebraska was in that race you hear about Oklahoma you know that Kansas State is recruiting him hard um, but I'm not sure how hard Oklahoma is pushing for him at this point which is Nebraska's advantage because they can really get in there with him um, and he's a dynamic player was Gatorade player of the year in Kansas last year um, piled up a lot of stats um, it's kind of a do-it-all player he can, he can run the ball out of the backfield he can line up in the slot and I think that it would be appealing to him um, to play play in an offense that can showcase all of those skills, and that's what Nebraska is pitching to him. Greg Smith is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Greg, about a minute here on Marcus Washington, bud. And uh, what's your timeline for him? And is this a luxury or a need for Nebraska when we talk numbers to maybe bring him in from Austin? It feels a little bit like a luxury only because I know that people are thinking, dang, another wide receiver, where is the offensive lineman at? But you can't just make an offensive lineman in the portal, right? There have to be guys there um, that you want to take. You'd rather have Nebraska get another skill guy that can contribute um, than to get to reach on an offensive lineman. Um, as far as the timeline goes, I would expect that announcement at any time um, between Nebraska and Purdue. I feel really good um, about Nebraska's chances on that one. If, if Nebraska can bring in Washington, um, that's a, a nice get from a from a transfer t- point of view, but also getting back in St. Louis. Greg, the, the Twitter sphere would lead you to believe that that's a done deal. Washington's already picked Nebraska. You believe it? Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot. I still feel very good about Greg's like, yeah, I know something. I got to wait. Stay tuned to Greg Smith on Twitter. On Twitter, getting choked up for you, Greg. At Greg Smith HV. Thanks so much, Greg. I got this one. Greg, thank you. Have a good one. Uh, Be good. And uh, we'll be back after the break. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR.
Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. For those concerned, I'm okay. Uh, Dan tweets in the classic part of Dumb and Dumber where Harry stops the little sweet elderly woman in the motorized cart and takes off to uh, to go get some more money for the nudie magazine stand. It's like, don't you go dying on me. That's the perfect gift that... Uh, the Dan said, I, I don't know what happened other than it just I just got choked up talking with Greg Smith and, and of course, uh, Elijah uh, when it comes to uh, Nebraska recruiting. Yeah, recruiting will do that to you. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> right? Some, some, some uh, <laughs> tears of joy, some tears of sorrow, depending on, uh, on how much you get into it. So we have open phones here till 6. Charlie McBride, check, check, check that. Open tone phones till 5. We'll have Coach McBride and then Jay Moore on next hour, 466-377-6800-825-5865. A quick word on Nebraska baseball. I thought Will Bolt very, very stand up yesterday or check that on Saturday uh, with his team winning. 10 to 9. And then Purdue and Maryland deciding not to play. Yeah, with the, the weather that was going down out in uh, West Lafayette, big rainstorm. And I mean, if, if I'm Purdue, I'm fighting to get that game canceled too. Right, because Purdue did enough to handle their business and, and finish eighth. Nebraska and Omaha will be hosting the Big Ten tournament this week. And Long and short, man, Nebraska was your, your preseason favorite first. Second of all, had opportunities all year long against Minnesota, against Michigan State Thursday night, Illinois. I mean, if you if you tie that thing or just cancel it, Nebraska still gets in, and it's it's kind of a hose job. But quite frankly, you, you make your bed, you lie in, and Nebraska made this bed, and Will Bolt knows that. Will Bolt knows that. It wouldn't have done any good to light up the league, which would have been his right, and many of you did on Twitter towards the Big Ten in baseball. Uh, So I get it, but overall, it just comes down to leadership for this Nebraska baseball team. And you had a number of guys that are really good players that had their moments but didn't take that that, that mantle. The the gritty group of dudes last year that, that moved on showed you and left you you didn't pick it up and do it the right way between injury not your fault between dismissals totally your fault and then some of your approaches offensively so the result is this you're going to have a you know whopping seven or eight dudes come in from juco to take your job and you can either fight to to win it or or goodbye but those guys will come in with urgency and no doubt attack baseball a better way, Nebraska baseball fans hoping for next season, but tough for Will Bolt. I thought Tom Chattel had a really good uh, column over the weekend on Nebraska's ups and downs this baseball season. And you want to be quick to anoint and just say, okay, this is going to be how it works with Will Bolt and Nebraska baseball. Not every year is going to be last season. Not every year is going to be a regional or super regional, but I do have faith that Will Bolt will – get it corrected, figured out, him and Coach Christie and 
of course, uh, the the rest of the crew down there know how to win baseball. They're about baseball, and uh, they uh, they'll get it they'll get it turned around. But this year was tough. They had some talent, but they also had some injuries. And quite frankly, they had immaturity out of some older guys that, well, you know, at this point they either learn or, or or need to know. And if they don't, then you're kind of stuck with it. But let's not sit here and act like the Husker baseball team, which is probably more popular than it's the not entirety in the of the same Big Ten position of football or basketball. But but the the support that Nebraska has for baseball is greater than every other Big Ten school, and finishing oh, outside the, the Big Ten tournament spots is, is unacceptable. And it's, oh sure, you can't make a habit of it as a coach. If Will Bolt is winning the tournament three years out of five, but the other two years he's missing the Big Ten tournament, are, are Husker fans going to be happy? Yes, that you're winning the Big Ten, but you'd have to make some serious noise in in true postseason, NCAA postseason, if you want to make a habit of missing the Big Ten tournament. That that is simply underneath the level of Husker baseball. Well, and and this is a league this year that's going to get Maryland and probably Rutgers, and whoever wins the Big Ten tournament is the third team if it isn't Maryland or Rutgers. It's a bad league this year. It's a down league. I shouldn't say bad. It's a down league this year. It's not four or five bids from yesteryear. It's not a Nebraska uh, baseball squad facing a team that has a squad like Indiana that goes to the CWS or even a Michigan, mm-hmm. right? Michigan was toe-to-toe with, with Vandy not long ago for the title, and they had a 1-0 lead up in Omaha. So this compounds a lot of things where you have some dudes coming back, you're favored, You've got a league that's not as strong as it was, so you shouldn't mow over them. And then on top of it, your home state's hosting the Big Ten tournament. I mean, that's 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 four four things that you, you just failed miserably at. And I think this season for Husker baseball would be a bigger gut punch if it wasn't for the gut punch you already got in the fall with football and the gut punch you already got in the winter with basketball. I mean, I, I personally think that this Husker baseball season could be considered the most disappointing of the three, even despite how bad the other seasons were, just because of the preseason you'd already won something. You, you, you had won last year. You, you thought this team was, was back under Will Bolt, and then you get the gut punch of, man, this team is the ninth best in the Big Ten on a good day? Like... <laughs> That's a it's a horribly slap in the face way to put it. Well, that, that's what the season <laughs> has been. It, it it's been a slap in the face. And if this happened back in, say, 2013... I think it'd be a much bigger deal just how bad this Husker baseball season was. But when you compound it with the the fact that the other men's sports have also been atrocious this year, I think Husker fans are just ready to move on to 2022. Here, here's what I don't know. As a baseball fan base, how at what point did you eject and say this year ain't going to go the way it's going to go? I'm checking my my emotions at the door because I got hyped up for basketball. They were garbage. I got hyped up for football. Totally had the football pulled out from me by Lucy a hundred times in one-score games. All of that trans, you know, it was transitive over to baseball. Well, let's, let's go in and all baseball if you're a Nebraska fan because, darn it, you're defending conference champs. You got talent back. It's all set up for you. And then to, to go do what you did. Ugh. And uh, the, the, the bandwagon, though, if we're, if we're talking about Husker fandom, Football's kind of always a constant, right? But the the basketball and then baseball bandwagon, I mean, they, they fill up 
big time very quickly. And it, it's it's fun because it's not always going to happen, nor is it expected to happen. But I, when basketball's good, man, there's nothing like it. When baseball's rolling, they go to Omaha, there's nothing like it. You still remember those moments. And people, the, the fan base has grown and solidified, and it's become stronger because of successful teams in baseball and basketball. But it's still not this football expectation, right? We'll wind down an hour one. We'll give you a chance here shortly to, to beef up your backyard. Tale Varsity were presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, this first hour can always check the podcast out. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Subscribe, give us a rating. And thanks to all of you who continue to subscribe and check out the podcast. Also, the Herd at Family, a podcast. Awesome content for you with Aaron Sorensen. Greg Smith in the Straight Up Breakdown, uh, Derek Peterson, Dr. Petey, the Varsity Club, and then uh, you have Jacob Bedilli with two different podcasts during the week, one with Damon Benning that's really awesome on Prep Sports, Nick Baugh, Matt Schick, Schick and Nick, and of course the Nick Nick, uh, Baugh podcast. So that is uh, something for you also always, and then Brandon Vogel, the uh, I-80 preview uh, is Really good when it comes to getting geared up for Nebraska and those Saturdays in the fall. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Numbers to get in for this uh, first hour will wind down and no doubt have plenty from Coach McBride. What's he think of Stefan Wynn? Uh, It's a a big-time get for Nebraska, the D-line is shaping up. Reminder to get buckled up. That's always a must. And uh, when it comes to uh, the seatbelt and what it does for you, one out of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska, that involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances? If you drink, don't drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Schmitty, uh, before we get out of here this hour, it was uh, opening weekend for Summer Legion Baseball. I want to get that yes. update from you. Yeah, it was good. We were uh, over at Millard West Saturday and then two for Sunday in, in uh, junior squad, the REMAX Silverhawks 3-0. and mm. So mm. Junior got an inning in in game two against Westside. It was a seven-run lead, so it was safe to put him on the hill. And uh, he... Got out of it. No runs allowed, uh, thanks to his second baseman, Caleb Bolte, snagging a line shot for a game-ending double play. He hit the uh, baseball really well to the right kid three times yesterday and uh, made it on base safely. Two errors and probably an infield hit. So, And he played decent third base. So, no, great group of kids that he's with. Coaches are really good dudes, and they, they know baseball. They do a great job. So, yeah, uh, this weekend we are in Kearney, uh, 3.30 Friday. So you and Dolman mm-hmm. got the show Friday, and then we don't play again till I think, 5.30 Saturday night for, uh, for baseball. So we'll have the weekend edition. And then we've got the parents going out to Cunningham's, man, uh, on the lake got a reservation set up we did our show there last summer if you remember the uh good folks there had us out so we're gonna go 
probably have a pint or several before game time <laughs> and uh, and get it rolling. And the, uh, we love our, uh, our, our listeners out in uh, Carney Hastings, Grand Island, uh, with uh, Duda and Company and uh, ESPN Superstation out there. So we're going to be uh, rocking and rolling out there Friday, Saturday, and hopefully deep into the weekend. Get qualified right now to beef up your backyard with uh, your friends at ESPN Lincoln. So, the Smoky Mountain Cooker Smoker from Capital Patio and the gift card to Russ's Market, $100 in value. Get qualified now. Caller 9. Caller 9-466-3776. Caller 9-466-3776. Coach McBride next on Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Into Hour 2, we welcome in Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie. Coach, how was the weekend? How are you? Oh, it's good. It was a nice weekend and a lot of wind, but it was it was good. You know, it's... Uh... Got a lot. Got a lot of flowers planted, right? <laughs> well, there you go. What? What? What's the? Uh, what's the flower of choice? Are you going roses? Do you have uh, daisies? I mean, no, help me out. They're too hard. They're too hard. <laughs> <laughs> we just go out and grab a bunch of them that look good, and then plant them in our pots because we don't have much grass here. Gotcha. Well. Uh, send me a pic of of, of that. I'd, I'd like to see all the, uh, the the different colors you have. Oh yeah, we uh, can do that around the, <laughs> the, the the that one's uh, that one's for uh, Oklahoma. That one's for uh, for K State, right? I mean, I'm sure they're designated. That one's for Nebraska. The Big Twelve Flower Garden. I guess you can do a Big Eight Flower Garden. You can do the Big better. Eight Flower Garden, or even the Big Ten right now. I mean, uh, you, you do what you want. You do what you want. But... Well, our flowers are all black and red. Okay. Oh, beautiful. There we go. So it's all it's all Nebraska centric. I like it. I black flowers. I guess you can get them. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh coach, uh, I thought Nebraska did uh pretty well this weekend in the transfer portal. They got a kid that we were talking about last week that was trying to decide on Nebraska. Stefan Wynn is his name and uh big time defensive tackle. That used to play for for Coach Saban at Alabama, made his announcement last night. He's coming to Lincoln. What do you think? Well, that's good. I mean, uh, I don't know how much how much time how much time does he have left? He'll have two years to play. Yeah, well, that's that's that'll help because that, and I think that's important. 
sometimes guys only have one year, and it, it may be that some of them, you know, have two, but if they do a good job and get probably going to go to the draft the way things are now, they there seems to be, a, you know, it used to be one and out, and, then, and pretty soon it's, now it's three and out, I guess, if you want to say it that way. After your junior year, you can go. So uh, it'll be it'll be hard to tell, you know, until the end of the year how that that falls out. But if you have three years left, he's got at least two, probably uh, for sure, you know. And um, that's good. That's a good thing because they get a chance to learn the system, do it right, and uh, you know. And I I think that really it helps overall whether he's the starter or whether he's a backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's just a good thing to have defensive linemen that can rotate, you know, and give you. And that's where you get your good pass rush. You usually when you got guys that are fresh and can go in there and <clears throat> they get a down, get a couple of downs off, uh, you know, in between series. And so, you know, I think that's where a lot of these guys will really get to improve. I think in at Nebraska. Charlie McBride's with us on Monday with Charlie. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're talking Stefan Wynn as uh, he's been uh, added to the Nebraska roster. Wynn, uh, you have Drew and O'Shawn Mathis to go along with Robinson and then some of the other kids, uh, the polar mm-hmm. the polar bear that's there. You mentioned that depth. Coach, what, what was your approach? Because I know you worked really well with the defensive linemen when it came to kids who came in and what was the process for you and them to to get more time on the field? How did they work their way up from the start of their career? And when did things, when did the light kind of click on for them? Mm-hmm. It's different, I know, for, for different kids. But overall, it's not something that happens even in that first year usually, is it, to play right away on the defensive line? Well, I think the biggest thing we did is we we geared a lot of our stuff to fundamentals and uh, you know the, the, uh, playing blocking schemes. We had actually we had more uh, uh, probably more running plays and more different schemes as far as the running game went than they have now because they throw the ball so much and so they can't spend a lot of time doing that. You know, and that, that zone scheme is. You know, in some cases, it's been you know one of the only plays, major plays that a lot of team have have run, other than tricks and, but they run it out of different you know formations and everything else. But uh, we had a lot more traps and power plays and guards pulling and tackles pulling and all kinds of things like that. And we were able to to uh, read the blocking schemes. And that was the biggest thing that they learned. There was a lot of good players, mm-hmm. but if they if they couldn't get in a game, and, you know, and do the right things, then, then th- th- it takes some time to play. So, you know, maybe a great player doesn't is a backup player for a year or so before he gets to, you know, really, really get going. And, and then again, there's some guys that pick it up right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, those are the things you're looking for. <clears throat> I think that I I never had anybody that I felt like you could say couldn't learn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as far as the um, um, you know, the mental part of the game, as far as you know, the just pick up things and 
in a pretty quick manner. Um, I didn't have any of that. I don't think I I can remember anybody that you know was that way. Um, so we were pretty lucky in that. And then we had some guys that were good leaders. Uh, you know, and you go back in the like in the secondary and so forth. We had. <clears throat> You know, a couple of guys, some guys that started early and, and could really help the younger guys out a lot, uh, even during the game. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Well, I know you're close with Coach Saban. You really helped him when he was at Michigan State, and I'm sure you've stayed mm-hmm. in touch from time to time. And Nebraska's landed a couple of his former kids what did you think of Jimbo and Nick's dust-up last week? <laughs> I thought that was something beautiful. <laughs> uh, you know, it, I, I'll tell you, you know, the thing is, is they're still friends. I, they can say all they want to say. You know, they've worked, they've worked together, and and uh, they, they, you know, they, they'll slow down. Let me, let me tell you what, because mm-hmm. – both of them probably got a little shaky somewhere in the background, and then if you start really throwing punches, then mm-hmm. you know both of you end up uh, not doing so hot. <laughs> but you know, I think that that that's going to calm down pretty pretty fast. Uh, you know, I think a lot of it will be promoted uh, by the press. They'll want to keep it going. Um, you know, a lot of times, and, and that's that's the sad part about it. They want to just they'll find something and to keep it keep to keep it going, and so they can have something to write about over the summertime. Coach Charlie McBride's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, and, and Coach, I actually don't know how you're going to answer this one, so you don't have to name any names. But were there any any moments? Uh, where you had a, a confrontation with other coaching staffs, either either pregame or, or postgame, was that common, or is there, is there usually more respect in those times? <laughs> well, you know, it, I never, we never, that I never did. Uh, I don't think there was. I don't think Coach Osborne ever did either. I, I think if somebody, uh, if somebody was out of hand on another staff as far as recruiting, and it was doing something a little shaky. Coach Osborne would usually call the head coach and talk to him, and I don't never heard him come up and say somebody was, you know, going. I think the only guy we had a long time when I first went there was SMU. The head coach was really um, non-committal to anything. He'd call him and tell him what's going on. You know, they were cheating so bad that, I mean, it was outright, and they they didn't hide it. I mean, that's a sad thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, they didn't even try. And uh, so it it was. You know, that those those are the things that I think was as far as I was concerned. Um, you know, we would. Uh, you know, there would we played Oklahoma, and and sometimes you know. Coach Tenniper and I would fish with some of those guys, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in the summertime down in down in Oklahoma. We'd get down there fishing with them, and you know, there might be some sign language flipped across the field, you know, when mm-hmm. they scored or we scored or something. But it was all in fun, you know, and um, you know that that wouldn't be called a confrontation, really. But um, I, I, we were we were pretty lucky. We we had. The, the people in the league that I know of that were that were around were you know Bill Snyder and them they were really really good people so there wasn't a lot of problems. 
you, re- you mentioned and referenced uh, SMU, and that was Ron Meyer. Uh, old Ron Meyer brought his <laughs> Vegas act down to down to Dallas Fort Worth, didn't he? And yeah, I could see him. And then he went off to the NFL before they got hammered, Coach, with the NCAA. <laughs> Yeah, well, I I had a friend on the staff one time when I was uh, I happened to be doing a, a t, uh, thing. Uh, it was a little short documentary. Actually, it was for the Canadians. Uh, it was a Canadian company that did it. But I was in Dallas, and I was with one of the uh, doing it with one of the cowboy uh, coaches mm-hmm. or uh, recruit you know recruiters and stuff like that. They. Just to show how the Cowboys were recruiting, and I was kind of a dummy on this thing, you know, yeah. asking questions to a college coach. But um, you know, overall, what they did was is they uh, uh, a friend of mine. Uh, and I don't think he cares if I use his name. Was Steve Sidwell was on the staff, and, and Steve was a player at Colorado when I was a graduate assistant there, and I so I knew him pretty well, and. He had he had come to um, uh, I had come down there upstairs at the hotel where I was staying at the same place and he had this recruit there and he just said I'm going over to the bank and we're going to buy this guy you know I mean that's exactly what he said and then going to the bank I remember geez the guy's going to the bank and there you know and and Steve was the kind of guy that wouldn't you know I didn't think he'd ever say anything like that but that's exactly what he said. And then we had a guy threaten his father's job when we were trying to recruit a kid who was being recruited by SMU, that if he mm-hmm. went there, his father would lose his job. And he happened to be the manager at one of the one of the soft, soft drink companies. And mm-hmm. so, you know, stuff like that. And, and I know that Coach Osborne called there and didn't get any satisfaction out of the head coach because his basic words were, I can't control the alumni. And uh, I think that's what you're going to see right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's the same old, same old. As, um, you know, in Dallas, there's a lot of uh, competition with all the schools. And, uh, you know, just as far as the one little place is concerned, uh, you know, they get going to get in a golf course, they start competing with each other and say, well, we can get this guy. You know, let's see who can get him. And then that's where. I think the coaches kind of disappear and they kind of do their own thing. And, you know, so that's what happened to SMU a lot of it, I think. You know, a lot of it was not necessarily the coaches, but uh, a lot of people off campus. You had a lot of rich dudes in Dallas that wanted their football team to have bragging rights come Monday or or Saturday at the club, man. You're you're right about it. Charlie McBride's with us. Coach, Nebraska had a, a bunch of kids in from Kansas this weekend, and Bill Bush doing a really nice job down in Kansas. And that, was that one of the areas you you were uh, mm-hmm. fo- focused in on? And just spend a little bit, of, about a minute and a half here on, on that region. It's got a lot of good talent down there, doesn't it? Well, we always had, you know, the, the players that we got, we, we got down there, they were all players. I mean, they all played. I mean, we didn't have anybody come and leave or anything like that. We had we had some good kids, and uh, you know, they were they they were good. They were like Nebraska kids. I mean, they you know the same thing. You know, like in Iowa, they're those kids all are workers, and they they all come from farms, and they come from you know places that 
you know, most of them have been in small towns and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it was it was kind of a common, you know, it was kind of a common thing to to not feel like you're in another state, really, yeah. you know, when you went down there. And, and, and we were close enough so that the parents could get to the games, and there wasn't any concern about that. So it's a kind of a kind of a area that uh, you know I I think in the past Bill when Bill Steiner started going he went through the junior college route because he couldn't compete with the recruiting part of it with Missouri and Nebraska and Kansas and and he went and he started his program through the junior college route and then of course broke into now he's got guys. You know, he he has player. He had players that went on and played in the NFL and everything else, and became, you know, very good football program. Um, but um, you know, it all it all goes. But Kansas was always a good, solid people. Mm-hmm. Charlie McBride's with us, Coach. We'll uh, do this again. We'll send you some warmer weather the uh, latter part of the week and. We'll uh, we'll talk on uh, on next Monday. How's that sound? Okay, we'll do it. Well, appreciate your I time. <laughs> okay, thanks for having me. I'll talk to you next week. See you, okay. Coach. There he goes, Coach McBride. Some uh, I love hearing the SMU stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean I love that documentary Podia XS, but yeah, it's out of your hands, man. <laughs> the alum the alumni. Is taken over. Love talking with Charlie. I could always feel like we'd talk forever with him, but he clearly had another phone call to get to. That's all right. Good to hear from him and good stuff on on the D-line development. That uh, segment will be posted on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter handle, ESPN Lincoln On Demand, and, of course, the podcast, Hail Varsity Radio. Jay Moore on the way next. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hail Varsity. I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing? It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We welcome in Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore back with his golf aficionado and he's pretty darn good as well and then of course you know what he did on the gridiron jaybird how was the weekend it was good got to play a little golf uh, yesterday afternoon watch a little golf so it was good it was uh it was a well-executed weekend on my end what was your takeaway with the pga championship uh, justin thomas against Zalatoris. the the playoff was Pretty fascinating, and I felt bad for Zalatoris on a couple of putts that just didn't have enough giddy-up. Uh, but, man, uh, the fact that Pereira faltered like he did at, at 18, you just there's a couple, three instances on that back nine where he, he'd love a, a, a do-over. Not necessarily an awful shot, but just maybe some choices. Yeah, you know what? 
know, everyone's like texting me like, man, I can't believe it hit three iron off the tee, you know, and then that's just on that last hole. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, he also, you know, absolutely painted one right, right down the middle of the fairway all the other three days. You know, he played the hole well all week, you know. So, and I always say, you know, kind of under the gun, that's a long hole. You know, that's a 490 par four uphill on your second shot. And the last thing you want to do is kind of miss a three iron. All of a sudden you got a four iron or a three iron into that green. And uh, they already know it's one of the most brutal greens on the golf course. So, you know, I, I can't fault him. I mean, it's going to be a learning experience. He hung in there so well. I know it's uh, people are like, well, he kind of, you know, it was gifted to, to Justin. And I don't know. Justin played his tail off on, mm-hmm. on Sunday. He, he earned that. And that's just a hard golf course. You know, you had two days of really warm weather, then it turned into two days of, of really chilly weather, just kind of the same uh, issue we had here weather-wise here in uh, Nebraska. So, I mean, it's, it's tough. Yeah, I think, you know, people are like, you know, Mito Pereira will have a lot of scar tissue from this. Yeah, but I think it'll be a good scar tissue. I think he'll be able to build on this. You know, he can, he can compete, he can perform, and he can use this as a, as a learning lesson. And then just kind of gets more validation for Justin Thomas. We know how well he's been playing. You know, he hasn't been getting the results that he wants, but sometimes golf's a goofy game. You got to be patient. You got to wait for your opportunities. And, and he got one and he capitalized on it. And then, wasn't, you know, he had to go play well in a three hole aggregate playoff. And, uh, you know, Will Del Torres has really come on the scene in the last two or three years. And, um, you know, golf, golf dorks like me have known about him for a long time. But, uh, you know, he's really stepped on the scene the last couple of years. You know, he had a chance to win the Masters uh, last year and uh, has kind of played up and down this year. But, you know, being a kid that's from Texas, you know, golf courses like that will suit him well. So no surprise he was in there. And it was, it was kind of a fun Sunday because you had, it was about a, oh, it seemed about about a six-man race there for, you know, for the last nine holes. And then those, this is a tough golf course. I mean, so I've never played it, but it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a long, you know, brutal golf course where the, you know, that Bermuda rough, is, it gets up, your ball sits down and, you know, you get some firm and fast greens. And if you can't control your spin, then, you know, good luck. You know, getting around on some of those grainy Bermuda, you know, tight areas. Those are hard to chip off of as well. So, yeah, I mean, just like I said, validates Justin, you know, gets him a second PGA, and uh, we'll see if he can, you know, parlay this into playing well in, uh, in the U.S. Open here next month. Yeah, Justin, I mean, seven strokes back, I think. He had an awesome Sunday. Can't get over that. But he went to the University of Alabama, and he was asked after uh, the tournament – if he follows the same 24-hour celebration rule that Nick Saban has, you can enjoy it for 24 hours, and it's on to the next one. Yeah. And he said, yeah, I've got a 24-hour rule. I'm not sure what Jimbo Fisher's rule is, but I guess he's got to <laughs> win something first before he figures out his rules. I mean, this, this is just the story of, of Saban and Jimbo. It's just not going away. It's even in golf. No, no, it's, it was, it's, <laughs> it's, it's everywhere right now. I mean, it's just – and that it's, it's kind of – well, because we know it's because somewhat of it – I mean, Texas A&M – I mean, the dollar amount they put towards on NAL is, you know, this is our first year of kind of experiencing it. But, I mean, it was it was crazy. We know there's a lot of uh, wealthy, you know, A&M alums down in, you know, in, in Texas. And uh, I'm sure a lot of them have some that good oil money that they're, you know, never going to run out of. But, uh, yeah, it's, that's, that's, that's a gift that keeps on giving, right, you know, so far, so far this year. So goodbye, Justin, for, for mentioning that. And, and layered on top, but man, it's those those two. You know, obviously, have been on the same staff before. You know each other well, but uh, I, I don't I don't expect any uh, lengthy conversations at midfield. You know, after they get done playing here in the near future. I want to uh, find a sideline pass, me and the rest of the world, so I can watch the pregame warmups. Because usually, too. guys will jaw 
or just chat because I don't know, you, you've coached with the guy for uh, almost a decade. So uh, we'll, we'll see if there's any nice time. Tiger Woods withdrawing uh, after shooting a 79 third round and uh, nine over at Southern Hills. Tiger touched on the fact he's sore and uh, he's going to do some work to see how it goes. Do you expect Tiger to, to get back after it this season, or is it just something he'll he'll be very very cautious of? Already cautious. I mean, it's pretty pretty monumental that he was able to get out to Southern Hills and also uh, stuck it out for Augusta. Yeah, I mean, I, I fully expect him. You know, now that he's played in the PGA, you know, I fully expect him to play. You know, next month at the uh, U.S. Open. You know, so you know, I. I, I would foresee him doing that. Only other reason, if they he looks in there and it's like, hey, you know, is there any other stress fracture or something going on where you cause more damage? But, I mean, the, guy, the guy's made the cut in the first two majors after almost uh, losing a leg and never knowing if he's going to be able to play golf again. And, you know, I know he struggled the last two days uh, as you know as well at, at Augusta, but, you know, it just kind of – the guy is – I mean, he's literally playing on a half a leg or, you know, and, and on Saturday, it literally looked like one leg. He could hardly finish on his golf swing. He had to kind of, you know, pick up his uh, back foot just to keep pressure off of it. He was in pain. You know, it's hard. And then and the thing is, too, is, you know, people talk about your, your leg, but also when the, the temperature drops, and he's had how many back surgeries, four or five? Mm-hmm. I mean, just that, just dealing with the extreme temperature change, going from 90 degrees to 50 degrees, man, that, that, that's going to put a lot of pressure on that back as well. So I know that was half the battle, and uh, you know he's, he's got to be—he's got to be careful. He's got to—he's got to look at it way the you know the pros and the cons of everything. But I mean, he likes proving people wrong. He loves—he loves to compete. Obviously, still, I—I don't—I don't foresee him you know not playing in the you know the next two majors. I mean, he's this this the the final British Open in um, you know in July. That's at that's at St Andrews this year. I mean favorite golf course in the world so i i foresee him you know playing the u.s open maybe if the leg's okay getting a few more maybe a couple more tournament reps in there just to just to build on that you know because he can go out and play you know golf all he wants at home in jupiter florida but competitive golf is, is is still a different animal even how long he's played it so i know he'll want the reps and but yeah it's 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 good to see him compete shoots under par to make the cut but also when you see him struggle you see the pain is also it also is uh it's also hard to watch as a golf fan jay moore is with us blackshirt husker nfl our co-host big red wrap-up pga weekend we'll get to the husker recruiting news in a moment at, at one point will we finally see the ratio of cigarettes to diet cokes equal for uh john daly <laughs> 21 smoky darts 12 diet cokes in his 18 holes and a, and a nice trip to the casino too. No, I know that. Well, don't forget well, Hooters. <laughs> he went to yeah. Hooters too. <laughs> I mean, geez, it's just he's just he's just like every other, you know, you know, sixteen handicap on the weekends. You know, that's just that's an average day. Now, most people aren't drinking twelve diet cokes on the course. They're probably drinking more like twelve, you know, Bush Lights. Uh-huh. You know, plus plus the twenty long darts and. You know, you you slip in a hot dog or two in there as well, and you know it's, it's a solid it's a solid weekend, right? No <laughs> so, so it's, he's a thing of beauty, man. He's a he's a thing of beauty. You know, he just he he's already had those some health issues, and that that man just does what he wants. He and, loves uh, it, and makes, he's fun. I mean, yeah, the, the pants yeah. the pants are one thing. What Happy Gilmore say? 
yeah. goofy pants and a, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all, you need to talk to my mean. neighbor, the accountant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just lives by the mantra here for a good time, not a long time. Yep. Yes. <laughs> that, yeah, that's very true. Well, uh, Brother John was uh, at least, you know, in the lead briefly. Jay, let's switch gears. Stefan win a monster get for Nebraska. We go back in time to April 9th, and you have the departures of Payne, Rogers, Riley, and then we fast forward to now where there's Devin Drew, O'Shawn Mathis, Stefan Wynn. What D-line are you taking? Man, I probably the, the latter. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Mathis is uh, he. You got to kind of put a that was that was a huge get for for Nebraska. That was, I mean, and just knowing some of the guys on the defensive staff, they were like, "We got to get this guy." They they knew um, that he can be he can be a game changer for him mm-hmm. to give him some sort of you know edge pass rush threat that that you need in all defenses, but especially in the three four. So that that was big. You know, the the kid at Texas Tech don't know a ton about him, but. Mm-hmm. Listen, I mean, anytime you can get guys who have played meaningful snaps, and you know, obviously like the Big Twelve or, or in SEC, you know, you're gonna you're gonna try to get them. And uh, you know, when that they got of Alabama, I mean, that's another another big get. You know, they got they're trying to get better in certain areas. I'll give them that. You know, and I'm, I don't I'm not ready to. You know, other than Mathis, I'm still hesitant to put like all my chips in the circle on him. Just there's always a reason. I know TCU had a had a coaching change and. Mm-hmm. And, and whatnot, but it's like there's always a reason why these guys are, you know, are leaving. You know, there's there's always something. So I'm always a little hesitant to be, oh, man, this guy can completely change the defense. He can do this, he can do that. But it's always hard because, you know, when you're a JUCO transfer, you're, you know, you run out of time. You know, you, it's a two-year process. You know, some of these guys are leaving after a couple of years at a, at a four-year school. Why is this? Is it a, is a, a playing time issue? Is it a – is it a behavioral issue? Is it a learning issue? Is it a, you know, are you a, is it a disciplined issue? You know, or, or now you got to throw in it. Is it, is it an NIL issue, which is a legitimate issue nowadays. So, um, you know, that I'm always a little hesitant now with the NIL because guys are, you know, looking for that next buck, you know, making a quick buck. And then also you just kind of get in that whirlwind cycle of jumping school to school, you know, just uh, what says these guys that come here play well and then boom they're gone next year because you know they're getting they're getting five hundred thousand from Texas A&M name it or whatever school you know mm-hmm. so that's uh, I'm always I'm a little little hesitant but I like the moves they've made you know the D line's thin you need to have some guys and you know we, that that's the, the obviously the defense has been a has been a, a spe, you know a, a strength of this team though since Frost has been here so we got to kind of plug and replace and then. You know, hang in there, and, and hopefully the, the offense kind of picks up there another deal. A few more minutes. Jay Moore with us. We'll carry over another segment with Jay Bird. More on the Nebraska defensive line. Good insight on the PGA championships from Jay. And a further look on that D-line, not just with win, but also what Shenander and company can do now that presumably Nebraska has its final defensive line piece. We'll continue on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut preteen Swedish boy. Jay Moore's with us. A couple more minutes. Hail Varsity Radio talking Nebraska's edition uh, through the portal. And when you look at Win, this this is just where the, the rankings are at recruiting-wise. Out of high school for Win, this was 2018 out of IMG, and he's a South Carolina kid. His, uh, his ranking actually ranks higher than what Sue was ranked when you look at the the twenty four seven composite or the rivals composite or the the rivals ranking, so I mean Sue was sixth or, or seventh in the country, and I think Win at the time was fifth or sixth. Now I think Win might have been slated, slated the defensive end, but at, at six four three zero eight, I mean you just imagine him being plugged right in there next to Ty Robinson. And I know he had just shy of 70 snaps. Jay, I look at this as more of a, well, Bama's kind of printed first-round defensive lineman, right? It's just a matter of not getting on the field. And you're going into to year four. You have two to play with the COVID year. You just wonder uh, if, if maybe there's more of a, an opening to play here in Lincoln than crack the, the rotation at Bama. I don't know. Uh, time will tell with it. But just speak to... Uh, what a guy of the skill set Win can do with Chenander's defense. Yeah, get after the the ball carrier, but but you've been around defenses that are really good as well at collapsing the interior of that pocket. Yeah, there's a lot of things. You know, it's defensive linemen. You know, are, are viewed as you know pass rushers, run stoppers, gap fillers. Mm-hmm. You know, and but in, in kind of the defense that Chenander runs, and you know we've we've implemented here the last you know four years going into year five is you know it, it's a it's a three four it's gonna be a four three you know it's it, it's a they can kind of do a little bit of both so you gotta have to have guys that can do a little bit of both you know you your old three four guys are you know more of you know a two gap guys that you know eat up some blockers let your let your uh, let your linebackers run free and go make plays. And then a four three is like okay, I have my gap. I got to stay in this gap. My gap moves. I got to do my best to stay within it. Um, I, you know, a runner comes through my gap. I got to make the play because I'm only the guy, only guy that's responsible for this gap. So having guys are able to do that and and, and play both roles, I, th- I think is is big. And obviously, then you then you can rush the passer on third down. That's that's even better if you have a little bit of that to you. You know, you can sprinkle some of that in. I don't know if he, he can. I haven't watched film on the guy, but uh, my guess is he has he has a little bit of that into him. Otherwise, you know, he doesn't probably get offers from Alabama coming out of high school. That's just my my guess. 
but you have to, you know, but just in this defense, you got to, you, you can't just be, you got to be multifaceted, and that's just kind of, and that's just in general, anyways, in, in this game, especially, you know, at that, that, at this level, you got to be able to do multiple things, and uh, I believe that's what he'll be able to do, and you know, I, I again, well, we'll see if he's able to come in here and day one and, and step in. You know, he's going to add some more competition to that room, and I hope he hope he brings up the play of the other guys that were, you know, came out of spring ball feeling good about themselves. I hope that kicks up their gear and uh, adds some more competition to that room because that defense will go just as far as that D-line will go. So they're getting better in that room. You know, that's going to make everyone better and make the team better. Jay Moore's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Jay, I just want you to look at the the style of defensive line in the SEC as compared to the style of defensive line in the Big Ten. Do you, do you think it's a, it's a good match? It's a good fit for a guy to, to go from, uh, I mean, a, a great school in Bama, but an SEC school, and go move to a, a Big Ten school, only get a couple months there, and then really be extrept, expected to be a, a contributor early on during his time at Nebraska. Do you think that's reasonable? Oh, very, yeah, very much so. I think... You know, SEC style play, the the size and physicality. You know, I, obviously, I think Alabama and, and, and Georgia are, you know, one A, one B. But you know, I, I look at you know, you know, schools like obviously we have Ohio State, we have Michigan, we have Iowa, we have Wisconsin. I'm just I'm thinking about offensive lines and just the ability to, you know, to play against similar styles of physicality and bodies. I mean, I, I think we have the best. You know, offensive lines in in the nation. I don't even think you know that's that's close to the type of type of you know guys that come out every year. You know, to, to be first round. I know Alabama does the same thing, and I, I don't know exactly what Georgia is, but I tell you what, you got to come to play when you're going to play Michigan, Ohio State, you know, Iowa, Wisconsin. You know, might maybe even throw you know Illinois in that mix now, just because of uh, Bielema and, and his history of uh, with being around Iowa and Wisconsin. You know, I think they're they're always tough to play, and it's just there's no, we don't get too many off weeks in the Big Ten, and either does the SEC, unless unless you're playing Vanderbilt here in the last you know five six years. You know, I don't care if you're playing Kentucky, you know Mississippi, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. You know, you can't you can't mess around. You got to you got to bring it every single week, and that's what we got to do here in the in the Big Ten. You know, it's it's not as uh, I don't think it's as sexy as as some people view the SEC. You know, they might have some better athletes. They might have some better, you know, skill guys. But I tell you what, the brand of football in the Big Ten is is just as physical and it's just as tough. And uh, so I, I think, you know, that he'll feel he'll, he'll he will fare just fine in, in making this leap over. Jay, you were a part of this with uh, the transition and Callahan and Coach Blake. They they went pretty heavy JUCO, if memory serves. And how how do you think some of the younger guys or guys that are still working their way up, the high school recruits, and I'm talking about Marquise Black, Roquan Buckley, you've got the Polar Bear, uh, Jalen Weaver. You've got kids that are on campus now that aren't super long in the tooth. They've been in the program a while, but maybe not long enough. You had the COVID year that may have screwed up some development. How do you take that if – I mean, it's win now, obviously, and it's all hands on deck. And if Nebraska gets a Mathis, a win, and a Drew, how do you take that if you're some of these younger guys that, that are fighting for time? Yeah, I, I, you just, you just got to take it. And you can't, you can't sit and pout about it. You got you to gotta, you gotta take it as, okay, let, let, you know, I got I to gotta compete. 
I got to earn my spot. I go to my job. I reference, you know, a little bit of that to earlier, just saying, you know, some of these guys might have felt pretty good coming out of spring ball about their spots. Now it's a little, it's a little different. If you're an outside linebacker or a defensive tackle, mm-hmm. you know, you have three new bodies in here, and that's just kind of where it's going to be now. I think in, in college football, you're going to have a little more turnover year after year, and uh, until you know, until things are made, whether it's by the NCAA or the conferences, whatever it's going to be. But uh, you got to embrace it. You got to love to compete. You got to love the challenge. You got to view it as a challenge. You know, say hey, the hell with win. The hell with masses. You know, hell with these guys. Say, come, tr- come, try and take my spot. Come, try to do this. Like you're, I'm going to make it hard as hell on you. And that's just kind of the mentality you, you got to have. You got to, you got to love it. You got to, you know, you got to love to prove people wrong because they're doing this. And they, you know, you, you could in the back of your mind is like, yeah, maybe I respect Coach Dawson. I, I respect you know Coach Chenander, but you know, the hell with you too, because I'm going to prove you wrong. Because obviously you're bringing some guys in to think that I, I, I don't have the ability to do what needs to be done and then take that as, you know, uh, not, necessarily, not necessarily saying an insult, but be a little jaded about it. Be a little pissed off about it and, and go prove yourself. So I think it's a good thing. You know, having, bringing talent into a room, any position is going to make everyone better. And whether, whether those guys are going to step up and then what you're going to get is the guys that don't want to deal with it, they're going to leave. You don't want those guys in your team anyway, so it's it's all around great for that room. Jay Moore is with us, Blackshirt Husker, NFLer, and uh, co-host Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay, we'll do this again, bud. Thanks for some golf talk and some D-line, bud. Yep, anytime. I'll talk golf and D-line any day. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good show today. Big thanks to Jay Moore and Charlie McBride, Greg Smith with all the recruiting recon. Tomorrow, Coach Kaczynski will dive in with Mitch Sherman. Uh, Mitch's pal over at the Athletic Mac, at the Athletic Max Olson, really interesting story. Should check out on this loophole. Oh, I saw this. Oh. That allows colleges to cut players that are transferring, and uh, it, it was it was instituted in basketball as a way to not get penalized with the academic progress reports. If you got guys leaving early or dropping out, right, going to play pro ball, colleges still got smacked with that. Yeah, so I believe this let them be off the team but still on athletic scholarship so that they could come and and finish their career. Which which is you wanted to finish their degree eventually but not get the old 0.0 Mr. Blutarski for the team GPA. Because that that really hamstrung uh, old school, right? Because blue died. Sure. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I have here. no idea what you're talking the about. The movie here. Old School. Uh huh. With Will Ferrell. With Will Ferrell. Yeah. 
and the the old guy that was in the um, the KY wrestling match with the two college beauties. Uh huh. Well, he uh, good Lord took him uh, okay. before his moment of glory. Uh huh. Yeah. And and then Blue was still on their roster, so to speak, and it it hurt them in their academic challenge. Mm. Yeah. Okay. This okay. is the the uh, you're my boy blue rule. Yes, but but now what what the college football coaches are doing is they're using it to cut ah, ten guys from their roster and say you can stay on scholarship here, you can continue to get your degree, you're just not on my football team. And by the way, you have done nothing on the field for us. <laughs> this is the two way street. Welcome to cold reality and welcome to real life, where you got to produce to to make it. And so I, we'll I, see. I believe the story said that. Uh, by the the count of uh, Max Olson, USC had already used this on nine players that were on the the former roster that are now uh, still attending USC, still on scholarship, but are not on the football team mm-hmm. anymore. So they they have nine of their ten, it seems like, which is not great. Dan, the reference was old school, the movie with Will Ferrell. Yeah, what was uh, not uh, Wilson. The, the the blonde guy. Owen Wilson? Owen, but his brother, Mitch. Mitch Apalooza. Is that his actual brother? No. Well, yeah, the the, the dark-haired guy was, was in it. Now you've lost me. Owen Wilson's the blonde. Yeah. His brother was Mitch in old school. Okay, okay. Yeah? See, the the, the, the main character that say that's me, just Frank the Tank. That's See, right. Once it hits your lips, it's so good. The The problem here is Dan tweets in, there wasn't an Animal House rep. Well, I guess I did have a Blue Tarski reference. I stand corrected. I'm going to shut my mouth and go to bed. Okay. Qualify now. Caller 9. Chance for you to get beefed up. Beef up your backyard with ESPN Lincoln. Caller 9. Your chance to qualify for that smoker from Capital Patio. And the Flame Shop, also Russ's Market. Meet to Russ's Market. Back at you tomorrow. Check the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.